The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hi, everybody. This is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in The Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. All right, Chris. So, what are you hunting hunting down? What's happening? So, all right. So, uh, I know this is like the third time in like as many weeks, maybe the second time in this, in three weeks that I've started um, a show talking about hunting down pop vinyls. Especially considering you are trying to rid yourself yes, of your collection of them. It's it's an it's a, I'm I'm fucked in the head. There's something yes. wrong with me. This yes. one isn't for me. This one's for the wife. It is. Um, she's a big Harry Potter fan. She got me into the whole thing. I never seen him before I met her. So yeah. they released a a seven inch um, basilisk um, mm-hmm. that you know from uh, from Chamber of Secrets, and it's a Target exclusive. And the exclusives are a pain in the dick, especially Target ones, because yeah, yeah, near impossible to come across. So I have uh, I've, I've been visiting some Targets. Okay. I work, I work down in Lanham today, where our other office is. And I saw that they uh, I was I've been checking the website to see if it pops up for for purchase online and it right. shows what stores have a stock of them. So it said mm-hmm. the buoy uh, target, which is only 15 minutes from um, Lanham on my way back, uh, had a couple in stock. So I swung by on my way home. Um, luckily, it's right off of 50. Yeah. And I went there and I'm looking around. And I don't see it. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. And I asked one of the ladies, like, I just sold it like a half hour ago, our last one. I'm like, you bitch. Oh. So then I checked, checked the website again, and it said there's limited stock in White Marsh. And that, it wasn't like that before. Right. It just said out of stock or it doesn't sell. So then I, you know, head, head home, 97, 895, all the way up. All to do. Yeah, 43. Luckily, you know, I'm, I'm, I live in White Marsh, so it's not that far away. But I swing by the White Marsh store, walk in, can't find them anywhere, ask somebody, they're out. So I'm fucking – Trying to find this goddamn basilisk for my wife for our uh, our first date anniversary because you know how those things go. Yeah, um, that's adorable though. So I, I I'm coming up short on the basilisk. If anybody uh, has a line on a pop vinyl basilisk Harry Potter, holler at your boy. Yeah, uh, uh, I, Chris. What I will at least say is I work near a Target as well. Yeah, and I will keep an eye out myself. So you, I pre- you I pre- at least have my sword on this one. Um, You're a good I, man, Marty. I I will say I've randomly stumbled upon some of the exclusives there. Like they had the uh, was it the giant size? I guess it's the real size. Oh, the um, Dobby. Oh no, the Groot. The, oh, the baby the Groot. Groot. Oh, okay. They, they right. had that for like four weeks, which I thought was crazy because I'm used to seeing you know exclusives. If you see them, they're gone the next day. Yeah, pretty much. So. I'll see what I can dig up. And, if you, if you uh, see one, just shoot me a message. You know, it's not the yeah. end of the world. Just trying to, uh, you know, do something nice for the wife. You know, I completely understand. And I, I will be glad to do my best to uh, to help you accordingly. Anyway, uh, Rough House Podcast. Hey, yeah. this hey. is a show about the pro wrestling. I know. Uh, well, I was going to transition. I said, if you come across two of them, let me know. I'll buy them both and I'll send one uh to to takahashi as a get well present. oh man <laughs> oh man we Don't just got to get it out of the way we just got to get it out of the way <sighs> we got to talk about it is yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, this past Saturday night was the G1 special in San Francisco for New Japan for yeah. wrestling. Uh, I thought it was a damn good show. Yeah. Uh, front to back, top to bottom, probably the strongest overall card that they've had in the States. Um, uh, yeah. There have been better matches on the other shows, but I right. think in terms of a fully cohesive card, probably the best one they've ever done. And, and I'm sure you and I both have some thoughts and insight on the card, uh, but uh, it was not a show without its casualties mm -hmm. uh, as a, uh, it turns out it's not a work. Uh, Jim Ross uh, seemingly broke a rib uh, after a guardrail spot into the announcer's table went terribly awry during yeah. the juice Robinson J white match. And the real heartbreaker of the night uh, during the Dragon Lee Hiromu Takahashi uh, and uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title match, uh, Dragon Lee went for what is by far and large one of the most unsafe moves I've ever seen: mm -hmm. the Phoenix Plex. Yeah. Uh, if you have not seen it, the best way to describe it is: imagine a full body capture belly to belly, where the other guy is supposed to be spiked on his head. Yeah, it's it it's inherently dangerous. Um yes. and I'm I'm sure I'm sure that he's performed that move a number of times safely and mm -hmm. I'm sure that uh you know Takahashi has taken them more than a couple times safely. Right. Uh, however, there however. is an inherent risk involved in such a maneuver yes. and in this particular instance uh that risk became paramount and nearly paralyzed our uh, the battle of the uh, Super Juniors winner. Yes. Uh, so what happened was Dragon Lee went to do it. It's it's normally a bridging hold. Mm -hmm. This was his fourth match in 24 hours. Always a great idea. Oh, I didn't know that. Always a great idea. Ooh, yes. That's ugly. He, uh, he was part of the APW King of the Indies tournament the night before in a uh, uh, nearby city in California. <sighs> um, anyway, he slipped. Yeah. Let go of the hold and Takahashi landed on his neck. Now it was an ugly bump watching it live. Yes. But the match continued. Right. Uh, he did a fucking Canadian exploder. I guess <laughs> it's a Japanese exploder at that point. Yeah. He did the time bomb, which mm -hmm. is his finish, which is a, uh, you know, kind of elaborate slam, which in and of itself, pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, but reports were as soon as he came backstage, he collapsed oh. and um, he was rushed to the hospital. Uh, right. In the subsequent days, uh, what we found out is uh, the original uh, synopsis was that he had a uh, broken neck. Mm -hmm. um, in recent days, it's come out that uh, if he did break his neck, it was not as severe as anticipated. Okay because he was able to fly back to Japan earlier this week okay. and apparently has already been let out of the hospital. Um, okay. This, this is as of yesterday. He was let out of the hospital with surgery or sand surgery. No surgery. So no surgery. So things look positive. Okay. But in the span of about a year and change, this is the third major frightening injury from the new Japan roster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not to say pro wrestling isn't, you know, just filled with injuries this week. We've had a few more added to the list, but uh, for new Japan in particular, uh, Shibata, mm -hmm. uh, not completely out of competition after throwing a legit headbutt in his oh. amazing match April 1st, 2017 against Okada. Uh, basically gave himself uh, bleeding on the brain from it. Mm -hmm. So he's done, although he's now the trainer at the New Japan Dojo in the US. Uh, and Tokamaki Hamna, who has been known for taking crazy risks all his career, one of his big spots is typically he does a diving headbutt off the top rope to the floor like you do. Sounds like uh, a great idea. He recently came back from breaking his neck, which was actually just broken on a random draping DDT spot, a la Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a good look. And well, yeah, but it's it's kind of a, um, you know, it's it's kind of a toss up here. So they're they've kind of branded themselves and become known for this stronger style of right. performance. Um, and as we say, in, in any pro wrestling, there is inherent risk, but the risk um, uh, 
quotient goes a little higher with a style such as that. And that's not to say that, you know, I haven't seen Seth Rollins do crazier shit or Daniel Bryan or, you know, um, some of the other guys down in NXT. I, 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 we've Absolutely. seen a lot Absolutely. of crazy shit. And I'm, I'm not there was a lot of hubbub back and forth um, on the Twitter tweets uh, this past yes. week about people, you know, throwing New Japan under the bus and defending WWE. And other people were uh, defending New Japan and throwing WWE under. The, it was a lot of back and forth. And I don't I, I, I don't. I don't feel like pointing fingers is really going to help anything. Right. Um, but I, I feel like just blanket oh, all, all across the pro res. Uh, if, if a move with that much um, uh, amount of error, uh, something so severe could happen if it's botched, maybe just don't do it. If you're not a hundred percent physically B, both people have an hundred percent signed on to it. And see, you know, maybe run it by a promoter too. I don't know if uh, if if Gator was in the loop for that. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's just there's, it, you know, we go back to old styles clashes where it's if you know what you're doing, it's a perfectly safe move. But right. some people, it's against what you're taught your entire time as being a wrestler. So, uh, it, it, I, I, I mean that it's that's tough. Li- that's literally what made AJ Styles a killer in yeah. New Japan. He had a match with Yoshi Tatsu. Tatsu forgot to you know oh, yeah. pin Pull. his head back properly. Yeah. Uh, he hit the Styles Clash and put Tatsu out for a year. Yeah, and that made AJ as a guy that made the Styles Clash as a move in New Japan. And uh, I don't know. It's it's such a it's such a difficult thing. I, I I imagine that there are people who are met with similar conflicts within the sports they love. Uh, I know, uh, Chris, you are uh, an outspoken uh, hater of football, but yes. I know that there are probably listening people listening to this podcast who love football. Sure, good on you. And it's a scenario where guys are literally knocking themselves stupid mm-hmm. and you know suffering uh, all sorts of brain injuries and, and issues the older they get, whether uh, it's it's depression or um alzheimer's or or things like that uh there there are in all of these sports done professionally an inherent risk yeah and also if you look at the world of professional wrestling those who are the most beloved those who uh take the most risk are also the most dedicated Mm -hmm. the most enthusiastic the most exciting and it does turn into this this conversation that I know I've been having with myself all week, which is this idea of like, is it worth being a fan of something that is this destructive? Oh, so you, oh, okay. That's a, that's a deep question. I didn't right. realize you were getting that. You were, you know, second guessing your, your, your fandom. Now, now I, I will say I've been at this crossroads before. So right. uh, to speak of my own personal fandom in, in the world of professional wrestling, I fell out of wrestling briefly in the mid to late 2000s, thanks to one Chris Benoit. And uh, yeah, <laughs> for <laughs> better happened. or for worse, Benoit is is a, a template of where these things may lay. I'm not saying uh, Hiromu is going to go out there and kill his kids and his no. wife or anything like that. No. no, but he is clearly an incredibly driven individual. He's clearly willing to put his body on the line. He's clearly willing to take everything farther, push himself right. even closer to the edge to do the next big thing. And when, uh, when Benoit went down the path that he did, I've kind of had this like crisis of consciousness of is, is it worth being a fan of something that results in this? And I ended up on the other side of it. Clearly I wouldn't be here otherwise. Right. Right. And, and hearing Hiroma's doing well, hearing he got out of the hospital, that certainly tempered my internal strife. But I do wonder, I mean, look at the the main event of that New Japan show. Hell, look at the fact that in a few days, we have an entire WWE programming, which is basically, <laughs> this is the risky show. Like, yeah. like it's literally Gimmicks extreme rules. Yeah. We are going to injure ourselves more than usual for your entertainment. Just after Money in the Bank, where there's a crazy ladder match and a whole bunch of spots and, and porta potties and all kinds of crazy shit's been happening. And we got TLC coming down the pike at the end of the yeah, year. Hell and it's... Yeah, and you just kind of ask, like, is 
is it is it something that you should feel bad about enjoying? I'm going to I'm going to say no. And hear okay. me out. I'm yeah, going to say please. no because the main reason is because these people aren't being forced to do this. Fair. They, they are uh, doing this under their own um, free will. They love doing it. They enjoy it. They enjoy the rush of going out there and performing in front of all these people. Um, and they accept the risk. Um, it's kind of the same thing as saying, oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm never going to ride a motorcycle because there's a higher risk of, you know, dying on a motorcycle than there is in an automobile or, sure. you know, never skydiving because of the risk involved. The people who do it accept the risk and they kind of are the type of people who, who live off that risk. And, right. and, that, and that's not to say that uh, when Hiromu comes back, he's not going to change his style a little bit. As we see yeah. with Daniel Bryan, when he went away, uh, we thought we'd never see him again. And then the magic happens. He's back. And, you know, we, we kind of do have that look uh, when we're watching his matches. We, we just kind yeah, of and, and, and that cringe internally. Uh, right. I, I came to watching Kurt Angle do anything at this point. Yes, exactly. But at the same time, we've fallen in love with this thing of pro wrestling because right. Of these moments, um, McFoley coming off the hell in the cell, and you right. know all the all the injuries he sustained from that, and you know the guy could barely walk. Well, he had a couple hip replacements, I think, since, but he was he wasn't doing too well, um, right. walking wise at, at one point. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna come out and say that um, don't don't blame pro wrestling for one guy's mistake and it was a mistake and there's no way that you know oh, un undoubtedly, on, on, on undoubtedly. Purpose. um but i think you know pro wrestling as a whole has enough to offer um you know there there are safer style promotions and you know stuff like that and then there's czw uh <laughs> absolutely <fucking dead. laughs> if you're into that sort of thing that's great that's not my cup of tea but i know a lot of people who love the ultra violence and the light tubes and the barbed wire when right. when, when barbed wire starts tearing off chunks of skin i i, I tend to clock out uh, <laughs> from that but that's just me personally um sure. but there's uh and i don't know if it's it's primal nature of ours to enjoy just combat of, of two people just slugging it out and whether it's you know a highly um uh choreographed sort of uh, uh ricochet osprey thing or mm -hmm. if it's a hoss fight or you know just brock lesnar tossing somebody around with a bunch of suplexes there's there's that, that that nature within us to enjoy two people um settling their differences with their fists and feet and stuff like that so um I, I, I implore you, my friend and co-host, yeah. to uh, to not give up on the pro res uh, because there's there's a ton of great stuff to offer. And yeah, yeah. there's going to be bad things that happen. Yeah, you know, bad things happen every day to everyday people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's a, it's a statistic. Right, right, exactly. And it, it could have been anyone. It could have been anything. I mean, uh, you know, I also think about it. And uh, one of the all-time greats, Bruno San Martino, broke his neck on a body slam. Yeah. Yeah, a basic body slam. So it's not just those who take the biggest risks that sure. this happened to. Yeah. It just so happens that uh, the biggest risks usually follow through with the uh, biggest margins of error. And uh, we we saw live on Saturday night how things can go wrong. Although we didn't know until well after the show ended that yeah, how bad it was. Bad. Um. I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not. I'm not walking away from the progress. <laughs> is what I'm saying. But it, it that is the the internal question I, I have. I get it. I now, get it. Uh, that it, it it just makes you go. You know what what is it for? Yeah. Right. But anyway, um, Saturday show was uh, without the fallout that has happened. Yes, uh, an incredible show. Um, I, I don't know how much of it you caught because I realized you were you were catching bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, well, um, I, I was so I was DJing up at De La Rosa's in Bel Air. Yeah, I, I was texting um, uh, the owner there, Tony De La Rosa. I was talking about, hey, do you guys? Yeah, it's Direct TV, right? Can you pull up Access TV? <laughs> he was like, yeah, we should be able to do that. So I get there and I asked the bartender to throw on Access, and he was like, what for? He was like, what gay porn? And I'm like, 
kind of pro wrestling. These guys are gonna beat the shit out of each other. He was like, Yeah, okay. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't super busy in there. Um, <laughs> so uh my buddy Casey came out and we watched uh I I, I was DJing uh, the whole time, but we watched uh the majority of that. I caught uh I didn't catch the first couple matches because I was driving there and setting up, but um mm-hmm. I caught the I caught the tag match, caught a bit of uh Jeff Cobb's match, I caught um the uh, uh what was it um osprey and uh okada against snido and bushi against snido and bushi yep Caught Fall guy bushi doing it again bushi, coming out strong <laughs> um and then i caught the uh the dragon lee takahashi match and then uh what was there something else after uh that? juice robinson jay white oh, which that's one yeah was yeah, yeah. really goddamn great yeah uh, that was my first uh first real exposure to jay white uh Dude. i I could say that this was the match to get exposed to Jay White. Yeah. Uh, he debuted at the beginning of this year, the Switchblade gimmick, and it hasn't worked prior to that match. Yeah. He was <laughs> uh, Juice Robinson could not have been more over as a face. Jay White could not have been more over as a heel. True. Uh, props to the San Francisco crowd for being so hot and and so feisty and really giving into the the story of the match. And holy shit, CJ Parker's really turned himself around. It's crazy, man. I mean, and good for him. Like we talked about um, Sammy Callahan a couple weeks ago, leaving NXT on his own terms, going out and making a name for himself. Juice Robinson, CJ Parker has done the same thing, left because he didn't feel like he was being used to the best of his ability, went over to Japan and has steadily built himself into um, a really great talent. And he becomes the first um american to win the, the, US, the title. u.s title which Weirdly is enough. Weirdly um, enough. not that that's ever mattered in pro wrestling but yeah the, the match you know the, those throws into the barricades and i think it was the same one that knocked jr down was the one where fucking sparks flew yes because uh, he threw him in there with such velocity and ferocity uh yeah. that JR got knocked on his ass. Josh Josh Barnett worked himself into a shoot. And uh, it, <laughs> let me I, tell you, that was some awkward ass shit. I don't know if you could catch the commentary where you were. Commentary. Uh, uh, Josh Barnett was swearing up a storm about this fucking company. And yeah, it, it got Ooh. it got real heated. It got I mean, real I, I, on one hand, as somebody who has been a legit broadcaster, <laughs> you, you can get heated, but at the same time, um, you know, you kind of, you kind of gotta, you gotta tighten it up and the show must go on. It's an old, oh, absolutely. You know, it's an absolutely. old thing. And you know, yeah, obviously I was never, uh, attacked or my, my co-host wasn't attacked <laughs> True. while True. we were trying to do our job. However, you kind of gotta, you know, rein it, you gotta in, rein it in. You gotta yeah. rein it in. And I'm also not a a, a prior fighter, so I don't right, have that right. instinct either. But dude just turned alpha real quick and was hunting down Jay White, and that shit was entertaining to say the least. Yeah, yeah. He uh he was hot and he mm. was mad. And I thought for sure, oh, is this gonna build to Jay White versus Josh Barnett at some point? Right. Josh Barnett's actually worked in New Japan in the past, but no, it just was another scenario. <laughs> Uh, where there's a breakdown between the New Japan talent and uh, the access team of Jim Ross and Josh Barnett. And uh, yeah, uh, this is not the first time there's been issues with those two. Um, Jim Ross hasn't done the greatest of jobs on commentary. And uh, during the Long Beach show, uh, they were caught with a live mic with them talking shit about the roster. I remember that. You know, I remember that. Uh, not not the best look, and not and, and just sort of adds to the tension between I, the sides there. Yeah, and I also and I also remember watching the Wrestle Kingdom um, Axis coverage, and right. I, I you know objectively just or subjectively rather, I felt that just Jr. just wasn't really up to snuff with one that style, two the roster, and three dude's been doing it for a long time, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he he wants to keep working, um, sure. but maybe, you know, keep doing the one man show thing where you can, you know, opine about stories of the past. It just he, he he's just not uh, where where the level that we're accustomed to seeing him to. And it's, a, it's right. it, it gets a little sad to be. Honest. Yeah. I mean, Jim Ross is a 66 year old man. Yeah. Calling what is, you know, a bleeding edge style of pro wrestling. Well, yeah. And 
understandably, there are some man yells at cloud moments. It, it'd be as if if you and I were hosting a podcast about Snapchat right now. We have no <laughs> fucking idea what we were talking about. Uh, but sure enough, that's the situation that Access is put with Jim Ross and Josh Barnett, because that's yeah. the weird thing about this. Uh, Jim Ross and Josh, Bar Josh Barnett are employees of Access. Right. They were hired by Access to do the voiceovers for the weekly Access show. So in turn, we don't have Kevin Kelly. We don't have Don Callis, who are the standard New Japan team. Right. Know this, the product in and out. Live yeah. the product. They yeah. fly to Japan, you know, every month and do commentary. And while I'm not the biggest Kevin Kelly fan, he's done a really good job of becoming familiar with the product. And him yes. and Callis did a great job calling the Okada Omega match just a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah I thought their work at Dominion was really good. Now, I, I do like Kevin Kelly. Um, you know, I, I I enjoyed him back uh, in his WWF days when he, you know, he helped get Ring of Honor to the level that they are, which we'll get right. into a little bit more in a second. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do enjoy them. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if that was I don't know if that was a Mark Cuban thing. I don't know if it was because uh, he's the one who owns Access. Yeah. Um, or Access. I keep saying Access. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's an entirely different network. Yeah. What is that network? Is that uh, network? It's, it's right next to Fox News on your channels. We have Fox oh. News and, and the Access. Wait, is that right? No? Wrong? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, uh, here, come, here come the tweets. Here Axis, they come. Access of evil. Uh, funny, funny <laughs> side note. Um, there's a band that was out in the early 2000s called Three Inches of Blood. Perhaps yeah. you know them. They, they had a, an album called Advanced Vanquish, which was a straight up thrashy power metal. Great stuff. But they had a song called Axes of Evil. And <clears throat> this is post 9-11. And I played it for a friend. And I was like, this song's called uh, Axes of Evil. Oh, like, you know, like Axes, like, like A-X-I-S of Evil. I'm like, no, 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 no axes like, of evil like, like the things you throw. throw yes and i'm like and he was like okay i now i'm a fan of this band so uh, while, while we're talking about random shit that that is not the pro rest you just reminded <laughs> me of something so That's they've just we're... opened a facility by my office okay uh called urban axes yes i heard about this terrible <laughs> idea it's a terrible idea and i'm waiting for it to get shut down for safety yeah. issues it's literally come drink beer and throw uh -huh. axes at a wall I mean, however, you can do that at the Renaissance Festival. You can, you can throw I, I axes understand. and stars and bow uh, crossbows and stuff like that. For some reason, that feels safer being outdoors. I think it being in a contained unit feels bad. You're not wrong. That is a yeah. terrible idea, and it's yeah. bound to fail. I wish them the best of luck. Uh, oh, but well, right get here. Get there early. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get there get, early. Get there early and leave when there's a lot of people because it's not going to end great. Right. So so the main event of the uh, the San Fran show, mm -hmm. uh, it was the big, I guess, kind of ends up being the blow off. We w didn't know mm -hmm. it at the yeah. time because we were wondering where the storyline was going to go heading into all in. It was Cody and Omega for the, uh, the IWGP heavyweight championship. Mm -hmm. You had uh, the Bucks out there supporting Omega for the first time. Uh, since Ibushi returned, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, no, yeah. no sign of Kota Ibushi. I guess he didn't make the trip. Did not know, okay. unfortunately. And, and then you had uh, Cody out there with Brandy, and um, was Bernard out there too? Yeah, Bernard the Business Bear, and actually yeah. Cody got uh, a pretty sweet entrance with some uh, no names carrying him Correct. like a Roman emperor. Yeah, that was really good. He's he's such a great natural heel, um, which you know going forward we'll see <laughs> how he how he adapts with the term. But the match itself. I thought was was really really good. Uh, there was a couple really crazy spots. It was we were just talking about the yeah. dangerous nature, but th that yeah. was just a wrestling move that that Dragon Lee did, and this was uh you know some like hardcore table stuff where one Omega tried to power bomb him outside of the ring onto a table, mm -hmm. didn't quite get him all the way there, and looked like it hurt like a son of a bitch. Yeah, I I think it was one of those scenarios where the table was, and this is going to sound like a weird thing to point out, it's, it seemed like the table was too close to the ring because, uh, you know, I think back to the, the Halcyon days of one Mike Awesome and, <laughs> and his Awesome Bomb, which was literally what yeah. Kenny Omega was going for you right. know, the, the running power bomb to the outside. And I swear there was more distance between the ring and the table and, and in turn, you have that extra velocity to shatter the table. Right. In this instance, Cody hit the table and the table just slid out from I under the him. table. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure uh, he's going to love that one. Yeah. It, and it looked like it hurt, but yeah. not as much before that spot 
They did a crazy superplex. Well, that was before of, I couldn't remember the, the the order in which they came. Yeah, because uh, it, it looked like originally the superplex was going to be done from that's uh, right that's the right. ladder onto the table on the floor. That was, that was a big ladder. Whew, man, and the New Japan ring is not the the softest ring in the world. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, God damn, uh, I I give those guys credit for going all out. Um, mm-hmm. I I thought. Uh, the match was not on par with some of the better Kenny Omega main events. No, it wasn't but... a bad match by any means. Uh, I, I thought there was just like one vid trigger too many for my liking. But He's I, going I, hard on those recently. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seemed like there were moments in the match, and, and maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe this was their plan, but it seemed like there were moments in the match where it was sort of, okay, what spot we're supposed to do? Hang on. While we try to remember that, here's another knee to the head. And... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, props to Cody, though. He took those like a champ. Yeah, um, Some of them really hit flush, too. Yeah. Yeah. They they are snug. Uh, uh, Kenny Omega ends up winning, uh, and uh, it looks like the Bullet Club is fine. <laughs> Everybody's excited. We're starting to send everybody home. Kenny Omega yeah. and the Young Bucks standing out there with the OG Bullet Club members, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, and of course, King Haku. Yeah. They're all right there by the entranceway. We're getting what looks like it's going to be the big send-off. If this were an NXT show, this is where the copyright logo would appear <laughs> because uh, holy shit, the Tongans decided to take down everyone else in Bullet Club. Tongan turn! Tongan turn! Yeah, they, they beat everybody down real nice and that like they like bullet club members were coming back it's like i people who i forgot were in the bullet club chase owens chase, i don't look up I'm like who the fuck is that oh chase oh i forgot about now that now really the heartbreaking part was recently on a new japan show uh tama tonga told uh chase owens he was an honorary tongan not anymore uh, it seems yeah. unless he's uh, uh planted there as a uh uh a trojan horse yeah, double agent of dc yeah basically it was a bad day to be one of the white guys in the bullet club because <laughs> that's what it was it was literally just like young bucks taken out marty squirrel taken out adam page taken out um yep. uh it, it just was a tremendous beatdown and holy shit the the and i i have to remember to say this in the correct order because this is what it is for his move the gun stuns that uh tamatanga was throwing out yeah. there were beautiful yep nailing them uh, i'm gonna go ahead and say something that might be controversial in some circles tamatanga is the roman reigns we all really want roman reigns to be <laughs> okay all right i mean dude even rocks a vest sometimes when he wrestles yeah, so, i mean they bear a resemblance and not just from the samoan tongan uh uh proximity uh you know they yeah just physically, the hair, the, mm-hmm. the kind of the face. They even looked similar in the face yeah. um, in certain respects. So, yeah, you know, good good for them. Because yeah. it had kind of been a long time coming of them getting kind of shuffled to the back um, of, right. of the Bullet Club with the Elite and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Cody came in and kind of they just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Yeah. And they finally pushed back and with authority. So it was super entertaining um, to watch. I guess uh, Ishimori is, is on their side. Uh, that to my understanding, that is the way it looks because uh, uh, Tamatanga was the one who introduced him to the new Japan okay. roster. All right. So bone so, soldier is uh, so, what the firing squad. Is that what they're going yes, by? Yes, the, the firing okay. squad is at least what it says on their shirts. Right. Uh, Tamatanga rented on Twitter as wrestlers are wont to do these days saying, <laughs> They're the real Bullet Club because they've been there since day one. And kind of hard to argue that. Yeah, Bullet Club's not fine. Yeah, they're they're the OGs. They were there with Devitt. They were there with Carl Anderson. They started the whole thing. So I guess it's uh, their uh, group to kick people out of. Um, And I think Bad Luck Fale, uh, there was like a YouTube video with him and the Tongans where he's going to be with the group. Uh, It sets the stage for an interesting G1, that's for sure. Uh, Yeah. one kicks off on uh, late, 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 late Friday night or early Saturday morning, uh, our time. And uh, I'm going to be honest, as much of a New Japan fan as I am, I can't do the G1. I can't do all of it. It's, it's a lot of wrestling. Oh, my God. It's literally like the rest of this month into <laughs> August. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's, it's, it's thorough. It is thoroughly booked. 
props to the people who will sit down and watch every single card front to yeah. back. Mark. It ain't me. I, <laughs> I, I, I wait for the listing of what was good sure. and I catch up. <laughs> hey man, we got lives. We got, we don't have a ton of, of spare time. So I'm with you. I still haven't caught the, uh, the uh, Ishimori um, Hiroma match from uh, from Super oh, Juniors yet. It's, it's real, real good. And while we're talking about matches watched recently on the New Japan side, that was real, real good. Uh, Roughhouse listeners, this is available for free, so I recommend you check it out. Uh, it was Minoru Suzuki versus Kazuchika Okada. Oh, yeah, the uh, outro from, one. Uh, a few weekends back, uh, basically, uh, Suzuki was celebrating his 30th anniversary in professional wrestling. This outdoor match in Yokosuka, Japan, in front of 18,000 people in a fucking rainstorm. And it is one of the coolest and most unique matches I've ever watched. Yeah, the front out. row is all screaming kindergarten to grade school age kids. Uh-huh. And they're losing their mind. Awesome. Uh, the, the way that the guys have to rework spots because the ring is getting filled with rain yeah. is awesome. Like, uh, it's a very specific sort of thing for me, but it reminds me of when I used to tape trade and basically guys would just fill up the hours of tapes. Yeah. So, you know, you, you get a tape and you know, oh, okay, this is, you know, such and such new Japan show or such and such all Japan show. And then the back end would just be this random shit. And it might be weird ass matches that have happened in weird locations in Japan. And that's what this felt like. Like it felt like something I should be watching in a third gen shitty VHS copy. Anyway, it ruled go to new Japan world. <laughs> you can watch it for free. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do that. Um, so new Japan broke some news this, uh, afternoon, Thursday afternoon with ring of honor. Yeah. Um, holy shit. They, they got it. They got the garden. Yeah, the night before WrestleMania. Yeah, going up against NXT in New York City. Japan Pro Wrestling. uh, They're calling it a G1 special. Uh, Holy shit. (laughs) I know. They already announced, um, what, Okada, Tanahashi, and Naito Naito, uh, will be there with many more probably to be uh, announced. They're probably saving on the uh, the Omega and Elite uh, mm-hmm. announcements for some point, but they did say the all of your favorite uh, Ring of Honor stars would be there because it's, it's mostly a Ring of Honor show. But New Japan, you know, is 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 in it as well. And I wonder how much New Japan helped in sealing that deal because uh, right. we talked about briefly how. Um, uh, Sinclair and Ring of Honor tried to book the Garden. WWE, Vinnie Mac flexed some muscles, made some calls, and uh, and 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 blocked them from booking the the arena. And Joe Coff was uh, was threatening legal action. He said he was going to have his lawyers talk to it. And he was he he was trying to downplay how pissed he was, and rightfully so. I mean, that's you know that's kind of kind of shitty. Uh, but it it is business. I do understand that, and you Absolutely. do what you got to do for business. But at the same time, you know. Uh, another promotion getting into a venue like that helps the business. Uh, so it's kind of a, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to give? What do you want to take sort of thing with that? But uh, whatever happened, uh, happened. And they are now in there the night before mania mania will be at MetLife stadium the following night. And I'm assuming uh takeover will be in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, I, bu- I believe that's going to be at the Barclays center. Yeah, that's uh, kind of been their new home recently, I guess. Yeah. Garden is so expensive, as as our buddy Buddha was saying online. He used to do um, Buddha used to run sound, and he works. He's been pretty much been in every major arena in America, and he was saying how expensive it is to run TV out of the Garden. So um, I hope that it's made worth their while for the money they're going to be putting out for this. Um, yeah, uh, I I just did a, a quick Google search. Madison Square Garden has a capacity. Of twenty thousand seven hundred and eighty nine. Now I assume that doesn't uh, mean any production kills for things like the the ring setup or right. the stage setup. And I'm sure it'll be a crazy looking stage and yeah. and all that fun stuff. But uh, that's a mighty tall order. Yes, New Japan just had seven thousand people uh, show up to a show in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ring of honor was able to pull, uh, was it five, maybe 6,000 people over Something mania like weekend? Yeah, Lakeland. Yeah. Yes. All in sold out 10,000. Right. This is just shy of a year away, nine months away. Mm-hmm. And they're going to aim for a venue. Uh, let, let's say optimistically capacity of 15,000. Uh, Jesus Christ, that's a 
Well, it's a okay. mighty tall order. Well, let's, let's break down the numbers here. So WrestleMania, MetLife Stadium. Um, I was at the last one there. That probably, uh, and I'm sure you're looking up the attendance as I'm stalling right here. Uh, the attendance there was probably in the 50 to 60,000 range. For twenty nine, um, MetLife Stadium eighty thousand six hundred seventy six. Granted, that's WWE that's, numbers, but still okay. All right, uh, yeah, I didn't let's see. Yeah, that's definitely a little inflated. Um, okay, so let, let's just let's just cut. Let's say seventy. Let's yeah. let, let, conservatively let's say seventy grand. Um, and WrestleMania will sell out. I mean, let's. Oh, be of course, it's WrestleMania. It, so it, it's what it does. You have seventy thousand people in New York City, both living there and traveling to there for pro wrestling that weekend. You have the Barclays center uh, over in Brooklyn that probably holds uh, 20. I don't know. Yeah. Another uh, 20. Yeah. Let me, uh, I'm, I'm looking this up. Barclay. So, so if, if Barclays holds 20 for NXT, so then there's still 50,000 wrestling fans um, who are in the general area with nothing to do the night before WrestleMania. So 19,000 by the way for Barclays. Close. Close. Yeah. yeah. Um so so there you go. I mean there's there's still plenty of people that could fill up that arena. I mean when I went up there uh to WrestleMania back at 29, I went to the Ring of Honor show at the Hammer scene. It was great awesome, you know, seeing a show there and mm-hmm. the, the lineup was killer and it was uh packed. So, you know, the way that Ring of Honor has expanded in the way that New Japan has been infiltrating the U.S. I mean, look, we're almost 40 minutes into this podcast and we haven't really talked about WWE at all. Like I know. What, what a weird much, world we're in now. That's how much like, you know, I am now on board with New Japan and Ring of Honor has grown to this level where we, we have to talk about them because they're one, they're great. And two, they're they're making these waves. So I think that it's uh, I mean, it's a possibility. I'm not predicting a sellout immediately depending on who they book they may have True. some other special people come in um yeah i don't think it's with i don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that it does sell out and, and i'll be honest and say i think a lot of this depends on uh, as we were talking about last episode that that fourth quarter of the year this year where we see does daniel bryan yeah. resign do the bucks omega and cody resign or are people bouncing around everywhere and we have an entirely different world of professional wrestling in front of us by april 2019 i mean it's good to know that we're gonna have tanahashi okada and naito there which we can say because new japan gave those guys two-year deals instead of the standard one yeah but besides that it could be an entirely different world by then and, and we just don't know yet um i know personally I saw that announcement and in the back of my head, I went, I think I need to go to this show. And I, I personally wasn't like pushing super hard to make it out to WrestleMania this year. Yeah. Um, As much as I would like to go, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying, Oh yeah, I need to make that happen. I really want to see this show. I really want to see how they do in the garden. Plus I've never been to Madison square garden. What a cool opportunity to go. It's a pretty cool place. Um, so Maybe there are people like me who aren't going to be a part of the other festivities of WrestleMania weekend, who aren't going to NXT, who aren't going to WrestleMania and are saying, you know what? I want to see this show and maybe it'll be the cool thing. I don't know. We'll, if, we will see. If I'm going up there on Saturday, I'm sticking around for mania. I mean, fair point. <laughs> fair know, point. I did pass my test. So maybe this is this <laughs> year where I'm on the upswing back to doing fun things. And maybe I can uh, financially make that happen. Um, we we but, shall see. Uh, but uh, one thing I can say while we're talking about ring of honor, I think, your boys are probably going to be heading back to the UMBC Event Center in October. Oh, for sure. As Glory <laughs> by Honor will be yeah. coming back to our neck of the woods. Uh, that's really cool. That's a, That was a really awesome announcement to see yeah. this week. Yeah, uh, big things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, no, nothing announced beyond they're going to be there in October. I think it's October 13th. That sounds um, about right. But uh, Friday? Friday the 13th, I think so. Yeah, oh, uh, October. Spooky. Um, anyway, it, it should, should be another fun night, another fun card. And now let's talk about the mainstream stuff this week. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to jump into Ron Smackdown or you want to talk about uh, our we boy got, Brock Lesnar? Yeah, we've got UFC to talk about, too, before we get. To yeah, WWE. I know. What, what the fuck is this podcast turning into? <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah, I know. This is completely direct. All complaints to Marty F and Day. 
Yes, that's right. At send Ted Cruz on Twitter. Let him know. Um, so every time that bit gets me. <laughs> so, uh, well, Brock Lesnar is going to be in a title match. Yep. Yep. He uh, DC went out and he won the, uh, he the won heavyweight the title. title. Daniel Cormier becoming a double champion, uh-huh. a light heavyweight and heavyweight champion at the same time. Good for and him. After the match, who pops up? But our boy Brock Lesnar. Well, did he call out Brock? Well, he he did, but Brock was uh, oh, was there. was cage side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So Brock Lesnar, a cutting the best promo of his career that he could never <laughs> cut on a WWE. Program, Not a chance. Now buried the entire heavyweight roster and yeah. told DC to quote, "Come at me, motherfucker." Yeah. And then chucked the mic at the camera in in a great great move. Did you see uh, Joe Rogan's face? Yeah, dude, yeah. Was, he was grinning ear to ear yeah. uh i mean that that is and you know it, it's it's a point of contention with a lot of mma purists because they're like this is this is pro wrestling booking in mm-hmm. ufc exactly. and obviously you know brock lesnar has a history in pro wrestling this has been well documented uh yeah. for for mma fans but he's also a legit mma champion so uh he's a legit mma champion who doesn't have the record behind him because if sure. you look back at Brock Lesnar's record, I mean, yes, he spent the better part of the past few years in the WWE, as a lot of people were debating all throughout this week, because it's what sports fans do, whether real <laughs> sports or fake sports. We yep. just debate everything endlessly. Uh, it's been <laughs> almost 10 years since Brock Lesnar won a UFC fight. His oh. last fight, UFC 200, which was over uh, a year ago, uh, went to decision. So he didn't cleanly win it. And then, of course, then it got reversed. It got reversed because dude got popped for roids. Right. And, you know, coming in with that type of record and saying, I'm going after the heavyweight champion. Shouldn't there be an entire line of guys he has to get through first? You think. But, you know, it's it's a money making business. And And that uh, was money. That was pure fucking money. Pure money. Brock Lesnar is still a draw um, Mm -hmm. because you're going to get us idiots who are used to seeing him toss around John Cena go in there and possibly get his butt kicked or possibly wreck some shit uh, in the ring, you know, or yeah. the, oct- I'm sorry, the octagon. Um, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm the creature of habit here. The, um, the circled circle, the yes. octagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I have a curiosity for that. Brock is, is going to get, you know, wherever I end up that night, there is going to be on the pay-per-view. I'll be watching it somewhere. Absolutely. Um, so so yeah and you know the 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 promo like it's kind of the ufc has kind of slowly dipped its uh toes in that conor mcgregor did a lot of the heavy lifting with mm-hmm, that because he mm-hmm. was such a great talker and very outspoken and loved the sound of his own voice um yeah so and, he was and apparently based on his actions not that long ago thinks he's stone cold steve austin now but <laughs> you know yeah yeah that, you know oh man that would be a great fight <laughs> Back, I mean, obviously we can't do it now, but like Austin at his prime. Uh, okay, I was gonna say uh, you want the guy with the broken neck yeah, to no, no, get no, in no. there with an Austin, MMA fighter. Austin in his prime, pre uh, pre neck uh, against against Conor McGregor in his prime. Uh, McGregor would probably murder him, but it would just, be a hell just of a have promo, him do a promo for like, yeah, yeah, just like yeah. a rap battle. Yeah, lip sync battle. There you go, or whatever, <laughs> whatever that fucking show is. Um, but yeah, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know. The, here's my thing. Sure. So, uh, with him in WWE, he's a Universal Champion. hasn't been around since WrestleMania. hasn't defended. Uh, or I'm sorry, he was the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes. Um, but that doesn't really count. Uh, and then you, you tell know, Saudi Arabia it didn't count. It cost them like <laughs> half a billion dollars. So. <laughs> oh, by the way, sign out of that. Did you hear the uh, hilarious story of Rusev? Um, he he was on Ride Along. And yeah, he yeah, was yeah. saying, telling the story about how Vince called him and told him that he was going to be in a casket match with the undertaker at the greatest Royal rumble. And Rusev just laughed in his fucking face, which <laughs> just makes me love Rusev that much more. 
And we all wonder why Rusev isn't getting a push despite the crowd liking him. (laughs) God, he's so fucking funny. Um, But Brock, you know, I'm kind of tired of seeing him as a WWE champion. So uh, I guess you can be in the pool and active in UFC and still fight for WWE. I mean, I'm sure his contract has to have some kind of stipulation where one will allow the other with the permission of the one, the other one. Well, here's what's going on with that. So Brock Lesnar did not enter USADA testing until July 3rd. That means because he had six months and so many days left on his uh, suspension, uh, suspension, he is not able to fight until January 2019. So sorry, guys, that amazing fight that you built up last weekend. You got to wait four or five, six months until it can go down. Yeah. Um, So that means we have through the end of the year for WWE to figure out what to do with Brock Lesnar, what to do with the universal title. Uh, It did break just before we started recording. Thanks to uncle Dave Meltzer that Brock Lesnar will be at SummerSlam. Oh, no word on what the direction is officially yet, because uh, if you look at what's planned for extreme rules, there isn't a number one contenders match <laughs> at all anymore. Um, yeah, yeah that come Sunday. And I'm just going to go ahead and bump this now and say, we'll be doing our picks for extreme rules in our Patreon exclusive episode. Which you find <laughs> Patreon.com search the rough house podcast. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, my gut tells me, it's going to be Roman and Brock again at yeah. SummerSlam and maybe Braun will run in afterwards and Braun will stand tall after cashing in his money in the bank and all that. I I don't know what the best solution is. It doesn't help that WWE seems hell-bent on taking none of the excitement that is built around Brock Lesnar right now and making it work for them. Yeah, they're kind of taking the opposite approach. They're they're yeah. doing the they they think what they're doing is less is more because they're still trying to perpetuate the storyline that Brock has turned his face on the WWE and the fans of the WWE to go back to UFC. Yeah. Um, so they didn't mention him at all on Raw. And I think it would be great for a Roman Reigns to come out Monday night on Raw, show a clip courtesy of, let's say, ESPN, because that's who <laughs> WWE's buddy-buddy with, and say, look, this asshole is trying to get other titles, and he's too chicken to come out here and face me for our title. Make which, it us v. them. Yeah, hey. which is hilarious that, you know, that Brock would be afraid of Roman Reigns in any... Oh, sure, but, I mean, that's, that's standard... <laughs> but that's the storyline that you're telling. No, I understand. I just chuckle yeah. at it. Oh, sure. Because of logistics. I, but, <laughs> like, that that would fit into everything, and it make yep. everyone would go, uh, Brock bad, Roman good, Roman okay, and, <laughs> and we would, you know, be on our road to SummerSlam. Instead, after this huge angle that was on ESPN, that was the talk of all the sports sites, of uh, uh, Fox Sports and UFC fans and WWE fans and everybody. I mean, even people who aren't super into professional wrestling probably saw that angle and went, yeah. holy shit, who's that guy? Right. And you could say he's going to be on our show in August, whatever. Just get the WWE Network to see him get taken down or what have you. Yeah. And instead, nothing. Yeah. They definitely missed an opportunity there. Um, but, you know, at least we get a Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns match coming up. So that's uh, that's super exciting. Well, hey, guess what? I'm going to say something positive about our, our boy Bob. Uh, that, pull Bob. Apart, that, that pull apart brawl. Maybe I'm just a mark for pull apart brawls. That yeah. pull apart brawl was real fucking good. Now I, I love a great pull uh, pull apart, and Brock is usually the best at them. But those guys did pretty pretty hell of a good job there on Raw. In fact, I think the thing that that I enjoyed, and and uh, I'm trying to see who who started it. Um, I, I forget who started it uh, in the beginning of of the show, but basically Roman before they both went out there, Roman and and Bob were face to face. That's what I'm going to call them now. That's great. Roman With and Bob, Bob's big arms. Yeah. Roman and Bob were, were backstage and one said to the other, all right, well, I'm going to go out there and call you out. <laughs> 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 and I think 
that is such a great almost like moronic like yeah. butt check moment just be like all right cool i'm gonna ask you to come fight me out there see in a minute <laughs> like I, I, I thought that was such great like stupid bravado that that i was into it and and i'm gonna go so far as to say this is the first week that i was like you know what rowan and bob might know what they're doing yeah uh so yeah extreme rules coming up and we'll do the uh the the, the countdown or the um the uh, card we'll go through the card on the on the patreon but uh there was also uh nxt where we had the titles that changed hands they changed back hands yeah uh the tag titles undisputed era regained their tag team championships from mustache mountain in a match that i have not yet to see however i heard it was uh pretty spectacular so that is on my to watch list this weekend yeah yeah real real good match football not coming home for england nor were the nxt tag team titles soccer i i i work with a lot of people in england they were very heartbroken i'll bet very yeah well, you know the american people uh didn't even get to see their team in the world cup at all this yeah, year so. not at all not yeah. at all we you we, know we, could be worse you could be a baltimore Orioles fan. <laughs> nope, nope, and very not good. Uh, but yeah, uh, another great match between those two teams, Undisputed Era, back holding two titles. Um, trying to think what else is good this week. Oh, holy shit! Uh, did you catch Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins on Raw? Uh, I did not get to the to the end of the show. No. Oh man, was it that, great? That is a good ass match. Uh, I would imagine so. If, I mean, they're two great performers. If if anyone in wwe watched that match and did not immediately go you know what we should make drew mcintyre a main eventer they're a goddamn idiot because it was supoib real real good despite the distraction uh distraction for the win thing i I, that's my one of my least favorite tropes take a half star off yeah yeah if i were the if i were the type of asshole to prescribe stars (laughs) um i i would do so uh but uh God damn, it was good. And, and to see Drew just uh, full force kicking ass again, coming off of his injury that took him out and kind of ended his NXT run a little early. Uh, yeah. Really, really nice to see. And uh, good sign for that uh, Iron Man match, which, let's be honest, one of the few gems in the, <laughs> Extreme, the Extreme Rules, Rules card. card. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's one I'm looking forward to the most, obviously. Um, and I'm happy for Drew McIntyre, man. He, you know, it did look like that injury was going to, you know, bump him back. But, you know, coming up to Raw with Ziggler, it's kind of panning out so far. He's out there. He's making his money. And uh, hopefully he can use some of those monies uh, to buy some uh, some consensual shorts. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and eat uh, a little bit of crow real quick. Okay. Hey, Roughhouse listeners, your old pal Marty here. Remember when y'all jumped on me for calling Enzo a piece of shit, and now it's turned out that, hey, maybe the rape allegations weren't true because at least the case got thrown out? Here's the thing. Enzo's still a piece of shit, and you're still wrong. Let's break <laughs> down why. All right, so he's not a rapist. Uh-huh. So tip that's, of the hat that's to the good you, thing. folks. Not a rapist. However, if he's not a rapist, This means he's decided that the way he's going to build back up his reputation and his stardom in the world of hip hop is a doing a diss track on a girl who has mental illness. Uh Always a great idea. B making dumbass screen printed champion, excuse me, champion shorts with the word consensual across the crotch as if it were a pair of juicy pants from fucking Victoria's Secret in the early 2000s. Yeah, that's our guy. That's that's Fuck him. That's, that's the real one. That's the real one right there. Also, who the fuck buys a dot com address and puts the words dot com in the address? Wait, that's his website? His website is real1dotcom.com. Well, that's because somebody else already bought real1.com. Then get yourself a dot .org like an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out I can teach that. 
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Rough House SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to the Rough House at patreon.com slash the Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Are you a member of a wrestling organization's creative team? Stumped on how to bring that storyline to an earth-shattering crescendo? That's where I come in. My name is Wallace Terwilliger Fogg Hattinson, and I created the Eh, Fuck It consultants to help you figure out how to keep your fans guessing and those stupid-ass bloggers and podcasters at bay. Don't know how to save Sting from the Four Horsemen? Eh, fuck it. Here's Robocop. Do you have an awesome diva and a great love quadrangle but don't know where to take it next? Eh, fuck it. Make her general manager. Is your superstar feuding with a monster whose ex-girlfriend is dead? Eh, fuck it! Have your guy molest her corpse! Does your porn star wrestler have a feud with a Japanese stable? Eh, fuck it! We choppy choppy UPP! Eh, fuck it! Consultants are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to give you the idea that seemed too obvious, ridiculous, or just plain fucking stupid for you to come up with on your own. Do you have a comedic foreign wrestler who wants to be Miss WrestleMania? Eh, fuck it. Dress him up in drag and have him become Miss Goddamn WrestleMania. Did two of your biggest talents jump ship to a rival company? Eh, fuck it. Bring in two bloated quasi-lookalikes to take their place. You have a relationship between a former Olympian black guy and an 80-year-old chick? Eh, fuck it. Have her give birth to a plastic fucking hand. A plastic fucking hand. Don't know who to reveal as the anonymous general manager of your flagship show? Eh, fuck it. Let the little Irish guy, who we already suggested to be the illegitimate son of the owner of your motherfucking organization, be revealed as a GM while hiding under the goddamn ring. I'm Wallace Terwilliger Fogg Hattinson, and I formed Eh, Fuck It Consultants. We'll help you give zero fucks about your product, zero fucks about your fans, and zero fucks about your talent. Call now, one eight seven seven 877 ehfuckit Eh, fuck it.